Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. We are changing gear. Today I would like us to talk about a secular letter to bishops written by Cardinal Robert Sarah from the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of Sacrament that came out on the 15th of June this year. A secular letter to bishops on the bread and wine for the Eucharist. But before we even get into that, I need us to understand better uh, the, the whole concept of the Eucharist, to come to understand what the Eucharist is. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, Article number 1323, it says this, At the Last Supper, on the night he was betrayed, our Savior instituted the Eucharist, Eucharistic sacrifice of his body and blood. This he did in order to perpetuate the sacrifice of the cross throughout the ages until he should come again, and so to entrust to his beloved spouse, the church, a memorial of his death and resurrection, a sacrament of love, a a sign of unity, a bond of charity, a paschal banquet in which Christ is consumed, the mind is filled with grace, and a pledge of future glory is given to us, is given to us and what is why the sacrament of the Eucharist? The Eucharist is the source and summit of Christian life, and the other sacraments, indeed, all ecclesiastical ministries and works of the apostolate, are bound up with the Eucharist and are orientated towards it. Uh, for in the Blessed Eucharist is contained the whole spiritual good of the Church, namely Christ Himself, our Pasch. Therefore, this what is what are the signs of this Eucharist, the signs of bread and wine. At the heart of the Eucharistic celebration are bread and wine, that by words of Christ and invocation of the Holy Spirit become Christ's body and blood. Faithful to the Lord's command, the church continues to do in his memory and until his glorious return what he did on the eve of his passion. He took bread, he took the cup filled with wine. The signs of bread and wine become in a way surpassing understanding the body and blood of Christ. They continue also to signify the goodness of creation. Thus, in the offertory, we give thanks to the Creator for bread and wine, fruit of the work of uh, of the work of human hands. But above all, as fruit of the earth and of the vine, gifts of the Creator, the Church sees in this gesture of the King Priest Melchizedek, who brought out bread and wine, a prefiguring of her own offering. Now, when it comes to this, now the congregation, we we must remember one thing, that when an instruction would come from uh, Rome or from whomever issues an instruction, something somewhere must have gone wrong or there must have been an abuse. We tried, of course, to communicate with the Bishop's Conference. Unfortunately, here they are at a meeting, the departmental uh, meetings of the Bishop's Conference in Pretoria. Uh, would have loved to hear from uh, uh, the head of the department or the bishop responsible, ladies and bishop of the department, which is Bishop Eddie Rizzi. But now at this point in time, he's at a meeting. So we, ca- we can't have uh, a reaction uh, from, from Kanya House itself on this matter. But we'll try our best to, to uh, extrapolate a few things from it and see where we go with it. Now, Cardinal Sarah begins his uh, secular letter by saying, At the request of the Holy Father, Pope Francis, the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments is writing the 
two diocesan bishops and to those who are their equivalent in law to remind them that it falls to them above all to duly provide for all that is required for the celebration of the Lord's Supper. It is for the bishops as principal dispenser of mysteries of God, moderator, promoter, and guardian of the liturgical life in the church entrusted to his care, as per Canon 835, paragraph 1 of, of, uh, of the Latin rite, to watch over the quality of the bread and wine to be used at the Eucharist and also those who prepare these materials. In order to be of assistance, we recall the existence existing rather regulations and offer some practical guidelines so they offer uh, about three guidelines with about actually seven guidelines to this matter so uh, for uh, um, guideline number one it talks about the very the, the, the what how is the eucharistic bread is made how is it made Until recently, it was certain religious communities who took care of baking the bread and making the wine for the celebration of the Eucharist. Today, however, these materials are also sold in supermarkets and other stores and even over the Internet. In order to remove any doubt about the validity of the matter for the Eucharist, Dicastri suggests that ordinaries should give guidance uh, in this regard by, for example, guaranteeing the Eucharistic matter through special certification. We know that it has to, to it's unleavened bread. It is unleavened. It has no yeast. This one has, it must not have yeast. Huh? The Eucharist, Eucharistic bread has no yeast in it. Unferment, it's not fermented yeast. That's not made of that. And also the wine has to be wine from the matter of grapes, the fruit of grapes. Uh, it, it has to be wine. That's the wine that we use for celebrating uh, the Eucharist. Um, article number A of the secular letter from number 4, it says that hosts that are completely gluten-free are invalid matter for the celebration of the Eucharist. Low-gluten hosts, partially gluten-free, are valid matter. Those are kind of brownish in color. Uh, provided they contain a sufficient amount of gluten to obtain the confection of bread without the addition of foreign materials and without the use of procedures that would alter the nature of bread. And number B says, Mustum, which is grape juice that is either fresh or preserved by method that suspend its fermentation without altering its nature, for example, freezing, is valid for the celebration of the Eucharist. The ordinary is competent to give permission for an individual priest or lay person to use low gluten hosts or mustum for the celebration of the Eucharist. Permission can be granted habitually for as long as the situation continues with which occasion the granting of which occasioned the granting of the permission so so because really at the end of the day this is the you know, you go to some places whereby they celebrate mass, they use bread, ordinary bread. No, that is not allowed. That is not allowed. It, it, and it's true, we have to be careful what we use for mass. We have to be very, very careful. The species that are used at mass are, are very, very important. Because as we, as we hear what the cardinal talks about in this secular letter, number one, the hosts that are completely gluten-free, are invalid. 
So there has to be low gluten. So they'll kind of, they look kind of brownish. The, the Carmelite sisters do make those uh, for, for priests to have permission because we know there are those who are intolerant uh, uh, of yeast and other things. So therefore, we, we, we use this kind of host for them. And those, of course, I mean, uh, we, we cannot use apple juice for mass. We, can't, we don't use apple juice. We use wine from the grape, of the grape, the grape. You know, and of course, there are people who, who may, for uh, particular reasons, are, are not allowed to consume alcohol. So there is an alcohol-free, uh, 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 ju- uh, not juice from grapes, that is recommended for mass. Um, so they need express permission. They need a permission, rather, of the ordinary. Uh, for that particular occasion for which uh, the permission has been requested and granted. We don't just do things uh, willy-nilly in the church. We don't, you know, because it's not a supermarket, eh? and it's not a franchise. Uh, We we don't do as we will in the church. We we do what we, as things are done in uniformity, and also we're guided by the law in the church to do some of these matters. It is 18 minutes to the hour five. The Eucharist. I just want to us to go into the abuses that we seem to experience uh, with regard to the Eucharist, and of course also the appreciations that we witness when it comes to the Eucharist itself. Remember one thing. Let's not forget one thing. The Eucharist. The Eucharist makes the church. The Eucharist is that what indeed points the church. For without the Eucharist, we do not have the Catholic Church. We do not have the ministerial priesthood of the Catholic Church. It is therefore very, very important that the Eucharist, Christ truly, substantially present in the Eucharist, the bread and the wine, in the species of bread and wine, that Christ is truly, substantially present, is the eternal presence of Jesus and his continuous presence in the church and in the world, in the form of the Eucharist, in the Eucharist itself, rather. So he is present amongst us. That it is for this reason that we have to show this reverence of the Eucharist. We have to give the reverence necessary to the Eucharist. Because it is no longer bread, but it is the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through the invocation of the Holy Spirit, requesting of course, and pleading to the Father that he may send down his Spirit to consecrate this bread and wine into the body and blood of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to feed us with food for eternity, for eternity. For we receive the Eucharist with our eyes focused on the eternity. We focus to this to life eternal in the kingdom of God, where indeed we won't then be receiving the Eucharist, but we will be living in his presence in eternity in the kingdom of God. It is therefore very, very important that we, we keep this in mind as Catholics, that the real presence of Jesus is always with us in everything that we do as a church. In giving us his body and blood, he made sure that we never go elsewhere to look for him because he's truly there amongst us. Now, participation in the Most Holy Eucharist as per the Code of Canon Law. It says in, in uh, Canon 912, any baptized person not prohibited by law 
can and must be admitted to Holy Communion, not prohibited by law. Now, there will be a number of prohibitions that would prevent you from receiving communion. You may be you, you, not in the right state of grace. And number the other reason, you'd be a person who is an apostate. No, you are not in the right state of A person who has turned their backs on the life of, of the church. And also the people who have rejected everything that has to do with the Eucharist. Someone who also at the same time uh, has not gone through other instructions necessary to receive communion. The administration of the Most Holy Eucharist to children requires that they have sufficient knowledge and careful preparation so that they understand the mystery of Christ according to their capacity and are able to receive the body of Christ with faith and devotion. Remember, it is not bread. It is Christ. And when we receive Christ, now there's a lot of controversy going on in and around the world. Uh, People wanting really communion, receiving communion on the hand and on the tongue. St. Cyril of Jerusalem states that in receiving communion, the body of Christ on your hand, the the, the right hand forms a throne for the left. That is the throne where the king will sit. And who is this king? Is Christ the Lord. And when, it's, when you receive that, can you see it's in a form of a cross. Eh? It's in a form of a cross, your hand. That's placed, the body of Christ placed on this throne, which is your hand. And our hands, we have to be very careful where they have been, where they have touched, and how they look like. Obviously, you wouldn't receive a king uh, looking dead, isn't it? So therefore, your hands must be clean. Clean hands. No handwritings with ballpoints and everything. Your hands must be clean to receive. And when you receive with your hand, you make sure that you receive reverently. Reverently. You know? You don't just swallow, take it roughly and walk. Because even the crumbs that fall off that particular host, or the, that you have received, are still the body of Christ. No matter that little fraction, so small as it may be as a cramp, it is still the body of Christ. Therefore, there must not be uh, any species of bread of the body of Christ that remains on the palm of your hand. There must not be anything that, re- that remains on the palm of your hand. It must be clean. It must not be there. So you, when you receive it, you don't just on your hand and walk. You stand on the side, receive it with reverence, and make sure there are no particles left on your hand, nor on your fingers for that matter. It might look a bit silly to people seeing you licking your fingers, but it is the reverence that goes with it. And of course, others receive it on the tongue. The reason why people receive communion on the tongue, uh, we, you know, in because we, not all people have right intentions when they come for communion. Others take the body of Christ and put it in their pockets. That is why priests and ministers of Holy Communion and deacons have to be very careful when they, we distribute communion. That people consume it. People mustn't just walk away. They mustn't just walk away. Because we have people who just receive and walk away. People mustn't just walk away. Receive it with reverence and make your bow and go. Because others just walk with it. You don't take the body of Christ to your to your pew in the church. And no, 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 no. This is not part cause for you to take it home. Uh, others take it, of course, and keep it as a souvenir. 
others are using it for their own rituals especially given that the satanism is so rife people they take it for these for their own rituals so it is very very important that you consume let's be vigilant when we come to the distribution of holy communion and of course this has to do with catechesis you know proper people have to be properly catechized in these matters Recalling the words of Jesus, the Catholic Church professes that in the celebration of the Eucharist, bread and wine become the body and blood of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit and instrumentally of and the instrumentality of the priest. Because the priest stands in persona Christi Capitis. He stands in the of Jesus Christ the head. That's, the priest stands in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the living bread. That's from John chapter 6. Whoever that came down from heaven. Remember the word became flesh, John chapter 1 as well, verse 14, and dwelt amongst us. So it's the bread that came from heaven. The manna that came from heaven. And my body is flesh for the life of the world. So whoever eats this bread will live forever. That's why we receive communion with our intention and focus to life eternal. To life eternal. St. John Vianney says that if we truly understood the Mass, we would die of joy. If we truly understood the Mass, we will die of joy. That is St. John Mary Vianney. He says that if we truly understood Mass, we would die of joy. And we have to give the Eucharist the honor that it deserves. Not because we don't, have, we don't have any other alternative, but because we have come to that better understanding of that who, the one I receive is not just bread, but it is Jesus himself. It is Jesus himself in the species of bread and wine that we receive. And therefore our eyes and minds have to be focused on Jesus Christ himself. Focused on Jesus Christ himself. And we, we, we have to give of ourselves to him. And by so doing, we show this reverence. Once you understand the Eucharist, you can never leave the church. Not because the church won't let you, but because your heart won't let you go. It is the Eucharist. It is Jesus Christ himself. As Catholics, let's not take this for granted. Let us not take the Eucharist for granted as Catholics. We should not take the Eucharist for granted. For if we do that, it's like throwing pearls to the swines. This is a treasure that we have as a church. And we have to, to, to truly make sure that this treasure doesn't become a moment of abuse, either by the priest or even us as the people of God. Even us as the people of God. Jesu nginika wena intogozo yama katholika.